1: Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving.
2: This is James Loving, your host, Loving That Sports Talk, and always co hosting and loving it like it is, Eric Glove. You that glove? I'm here, James. How you doing this morning? How are you doing, Glove? Good to have you every time, man. Like, like I Good tell everybody, everyone understand what you go through to be on the show from working and getting, you know, excited and coming. I appreciate it, well. Not a problem, man. <laughs> I, I enjoy your company for this hour. But I don't appreciate you, you know, I'm not happy when I call. But that's another show, right? That's another <laughs> show, right? <laughs> well, Glove, uh, hey. You can't complain, you know, Chicago's been wonderful with the weather. It's 80 every day. It's 92 yesterday. How's it been out there? Well, you know, it actually cooled off. It was 90s, and then today it's only like 75, you know. But, you know, we're not like you in Chicago making barbecue ribs, you know, because we're more head-conscious in California. So we're like grilling chicken for tacos or a chicken salad or some grilled fish, you know, we don't do the rib thing out here that much. Well, you know what, Glove, uh, I'm going to let you get that one today because I've been in a good mood, but let's go on. You know, we talked about something. I didn't really get the hit on you. We've been hitting this stuff during the week. But, you know, and I think you keep beating it up, and I keep saying, Glove, man, these guys just don't understand. And you keep telling me they should understand by the money. We talked about Titus Young, receiver for Detroit. So exactly that. We was that the 2011 second round. Um, Boise and my regular is Boise? Yes, yes, you're right. How you get arrested three times in one week? I mean, you keep saying they should get it. They should have the drivers, when they their boys. I just don't think they don't. I mean, you sit there and say, you know, and I argue with your this. I just don't agree with it. That you know, you go to the club, you know, they should have drivers and, and this and that. But I think when you go up to the club, love, you know, you're driving them. You're not thinking, you know, get that drunk or whatever, and then you. Right wrong. But you should say they should do it automatically. Well let's talk about that. What are your take on that? First of all, well, how this young what we've been talking about all week Well well, you know, first first and foremost, you know, the the one thing that we gotta remember is these are young men and, and young men do make mistakes. You know what I'm saying? That's right. That's all fine. And right. dandy. So that's understandable. You know, that these young men are gonna make mistakes. We're not we're not we're not talking about that. But we're talking about is being responsible. You're, you're in a situation where you're no longer a teenager or a kid. You're an adult. You're making a living for you and your family. So at some point they have to be held accountable and responsible for their actions. That's what I'm saying. It's like we keep making excuses for them not being instead of, you know, trying to get them to be. Now, could there be a better preparation? Yes. Should the colleges be more? on hands and, you know, things like that, of course. But you got to look at a lot of these kids come from environments where, it's sad to say, not that women don't do a good job, but they come from single-parent environments where the mom is the one that's the breadwinner, and she's going to work every day to try to provide. So pretty much these young men are raising themselves. So what's the product of that right there? What happens is because there's no, real, no male role model and because they're these super athletes, the coaches that are coaching these young men, they don't really take part in their life. All they're worried about is wins and losses. If you can help me win, help me get more money, help me get notoriety so I can move on, it's a plus. Cause you gotta think, it's a big, it's a big system, you know, of if you help me, it better me. Be. You know, I, I just care about what you can do for me. But, girl, I mean, you keep saying that they should be responsible, but how you have a 20 year old, 22 year old glove that's making that money that didn't have it, you could say they'd be responsible. I mean, that's like you look at us, you know, you know, at that age, you get money. I mean, I know it was in, let me, let me go back to this. I don't know if this would be a good, um, example, but I remember when I was in college, my first, they sent out all these things and you get a credit card. So I'm like, oh, give me a credit card. So I said, I'm knowing I ain't had a money, you know, I wasn't responsible. So how can you tell a young man in college that you get this? you know, you could be refined. You know what I'm saying? You see what I'm trying to make the example of? I, I understand I understand your analogy, but, but we're not talking about a $1,000 credit card or a $5,000 credit card when you're, when you're 18, 19, and 20. We're talking about 21, 22-year-old kids who are now in the life, you know, that, that they chose to, to be in. So at some point from 17 to 21, 22, you've had to mature as an adult. And it seems like these guys aren't maturing. It seems like excuses continue to be made. You know, you're talking about Titus Young from, you know, Boise getting arrested three times. Well, is that, is that him or does the kid have mental issues? Because now that's what they're saying. They're saying the kid has mental issues. So at some point, shouldn't this boy be, have been diagnosed from from high school to college or college to the pros? Shouldn't somebody have done a background check? Because that's what they do in the NFL. They do background checks on these individuals. And so what? Because he was this super athlete we're going to look past, you know, his mental state? Yeah, but you keep saying, and, 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 man, you talk about this, you said, um, shouldn't have known that. You don't think they knew that in college that this guy had a problem? Look, come on. Look, what are, we, what are we saying? What are we always saying? If you can perform on Saturday and Sunday, they're willing to overlook how you act Monday through Friday or Saturday night or Sunday night. As long as you do what you're supposed to do on Saturday afternoon or Sunday afternoon or Thursday night or Monday night, as long as you do what you're supposed to do and you don't pretty much kill or mayhem any rape pillage and mayhem, it's all all acceptable. Because think about it. We had the conversation about drunk driving. And we said back in the day, you know, when you were playing, you know, Back in the day, it was looked upon, it wasn't a negative. You could be out drinking and driving, the police would be like, hey, get on, make sure you get on safe. You know, it wasn't as big of a crime as it is now. Okay, well, let's look at it that way. Now, I think you said it, how many times we have done that, you know? But what's wrong with them doing it? Well, they, just, they were the same age as what we were doing, right? The difference. The difference is... What's the difference now? Because we were still that age too. Remember you said, you know, hey, I remember we done that, you know. I'm I'm not I'm not a professional athlete. My my life isn't on the front page of the newspaper. I don't I don't separate myself from everybody else by wanting special, special privileges and special perks, you get it? It's like I go to I go I work every day. And and I know hey have I have I got behind the wheel after a few drinks? Shit, I've I've got behind the wheel after ten drinks. You know what I'm saying? Well, I'm not separating myself. It's just, I'm saying, when you're in that life, you know, when you put yourself in that life with that limelight, you have to have certain responsibilities as that individual. Yeah, but I know Don't get me wrong, brother. I'm not saying you wrong. I know you're right. What I'm saying is these are young kids. You keep, and when you're going to be adults, kids feel like kids. You know, you look at your daughter and say, oh, I'm a adult or, you I'm adult now. You are really not adult. When do you become adult? Love to say you can make these decisions. Tell me hey, that. The minute, the minute you, the minute you get your first bill, being water bill, electric bill, gas bill. The minute you start paying your own bills, that's when you that's become it. an adult. When you, when you take your own life and your own care into your own hands, that's when you, that's when, that's when adulthood starts. Being it, being living on the streets, being homeless. or or being a runaway, or however you want to categorize what you're doing, once everything is solely dependent upon you and you're not dependent on somebody else as a source of income or something like that, that's when adulthood starts. For these young men, when they go off to college, you know, yeah, they get money from home, but they're in pre-adulthood. Once they get to the league, these dudes are adult. Now they have to make adult decisions, and they don't have the mental capacity to do it. That's why I'm saying something has to be done from college, education, coaching, to the pros, some type of some type of mentor-tutorship program has to be implemented. Well, you keep saying adult-adult, but, you know, my daughter said that. I'm a adult. No, because you're a baby. No, you're a responsible adult. That's the key, Well, Everybody says they're adult. Hey, I'm paying my own bill. I got multiple. I'm an adult. Come on, love. Well, you can say you're a adult, but when does it become a responsible adult? That's what's the I- key, love. What, what did I say? Actions is when you solely de- are dependent upon yourself. Yes, your daughter can say she's an adult, but when she's having financial problem and she calls dad and dad kicks in at $100, $200, yes, she's still an adult, but she's a limited adult. But when you're solely, hey, if I got to go with the lights off for a week as opposed to begging money, hey, if I got to go without eating because I got to pay that bill, hey, if I have to eat Top Ramen, or, or, or things like that, limited food, because I'm solely dependent on myself, that's when I'm an adult. I just, I just think we take it a little bit too far. This is my opinion, Glove, that we look at these athletes and say, hey, they should be, you know, making these uh, decisions. And There's some of them that I can say, okay. If I know, hey, if, if it's a birthday, we're all going out, oh, we're going to do this and that, you know. I already know, I need time to find man man's driver's. So if I'm going out say, hey, I'm going to a club. I don't know, I have, I'm gonna have one, but I don't have a four or five, you know. Then that's a difference. You don't know. So now you you're driving home. So that's a, that's something that happens. And like I said, we all done that, right Eric? James, James, James. There's a point in the evening when you're out drinking, after you've had two, three, four, ten, or however many you had. But there's a point. When you get up, cause guess what? We do have weak bladders. And I hate to go that way, but there is a point where we get up and move up, make our way to the bathroom because we need to let liquid, let go some of that liquid that we put in our body. And at that point in your mind, when you take that step and stumble, you start doing that fake crip walk or, you know, you start doing that walk that you know, people do when they had a few drinks. You know, at that point right there, you're like, ooh, I didn't have too many. But then what's the next conversation? You know what? I could still drive, though. So you, you're trying to build your, yourself up to to believe you can drive home. If you ever make that statement at that point, you know you didn't have too many drinks. You know what I'm saying? That's like yeah. that's like having, I'm not going to even go there with that analogy, but that's like, you know, you know when you're full. And yet you go by and see some food and you continue to, to, to eat and eat and eat until you get sick. So you're driving and you throw up. You know you should have stopped early from eating, but you keep eating. Bad analogy, guys I was going to use something else. But I'm just saying, you know at some point when you've had more than two or three drinks and you shouldn't be driving. What we're going to do, we're going to finish off of this because we're going to talk about the rest of his arrest. And then we'll talk about um, Mr. Blackman. So um Jacksonville, the same predicament glove. So this is James. So we're going to take a break. Uh, Eric Glove, co-hosted. But like I said, hey, Glow. I, I think they still care. So we'll be right back.
1: Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports.
3: Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience?
1: Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America
0: Sports. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then
1: move on. I just just think that the coach made a mistake. crazy.
0: (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, speak speak up or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports.
1: You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to Talk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving Back, host Loving That Sports Talk, and always co-hosting.
2: Eric Glove. You that Glove? Glove? Not I'm glove. here. I, I'm here, James. 75 San Diego. Grilled chicken and salmon and nice spinach salads going on out here. Not not ribs like in Chicago, clogging up our arteries out here. <laughs> well, you know what, Glove? I got to give a shout-out to my buddy, Stan, the man, Stan Matthews, for making it happen today. So I me. Mean, because we've been out here to take care of some. He's like, man, you got to do your show. I'll, I'll take care of everything for you today, so. You know, Glove, well, I thought I had to cancel today, but hey, stay in the man. But hey, Glove, okay. back to what we were saying, you know, uh, and, and, and I argue with you about it. It's funny because me and you, it's kind of funny. Me and you, uh, since we had the show, we've been talking about sports lately, and it's, it's weird that we've been doing this. We played together, and I didn't know your views, you know mine, but some of your views I don't agree with. I got to put that out there. I got to put it out there. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah, you can say whatever you feel. I'm just saying, at some point, you love you love coddling, and, and you don't want these young men to be responsible, and that's part of the reason why we're in this situation, and that's why we are the way we are as a society, is because we don't want to take the nipple out. We don't want to make men adults when they should be adults. We want them want to stay boys. But if you're making mass money like you're making, and if you've seen everything that's happened before, at some point, you have to grow up. You know, you whose who's fault is it when we turn on thirty thirty 30 and we see how many guys are broke two or three years out the league? It's not the league's fault. It's not their agent's fault. It's their fault because they didn't grow up and become men. So you can keep making excuses if you want to, and I'm going to keep saying at some point, at some point, they need to grow up. And, and I agree with you, Glove. You know, you could say at some point they need to grow up, but what I'm saying is, they kids, and when you have that amount of money, it takes a while. I mean, it takes a while for a woman to mature into a, a lady, right? You could say a woman can go out and they, they think that they're a woman, that they have kids and they take care of the household, but it takes time for you to mature. That's what I'm trying to tell you. The mistakes they're making, Grub, I understand what you're saying with, you know, they should know they got a lot of money, but when you have that amount of money, Glove, you have to, you have to know that that money's not gonna lie. And two, you gotta do certain things to to make yourself and like you say, you gotta make yourself where you're not acceptable to everybody looking at you and doing things. I mean and you
0: know, when we said,
2: you know, it's, it's fortunate that certain things that um, players do is notify in um on the um the um, internet or T V, but with me you do it, nobody knows it. Am I right, Love? You're absolutely correct. And that's my point. We keep we keep going past the simple thing though education, common sense. You know, the sad part about it is most of these kids from the, from the inner city have common sense, but it's just, they lack license. You know, it's like this. If, if somebody gives you a million dollars, you got to understand because of taxes, you're getting 35% off the top. So that million is 600 and some change. You got to pay 10% or whatever percentage you work out with your agent, that come off the million not the less 35%. So now you're working with 900000 but getting taxed on a million. I'm not going to get into the numbers, but just, it ain't about that. I'm just trying to prove a point that you have to know and understand what you're working with. And what happens to a lot of these guys is they're told to, hey, you perform, you let me worry about everything off the field. That's where they need to grow up at. How are you going to let somebody else control your money? You need to control your money. Only you know you best, but yet we give these people power of attorney. We give these people right and privileges to conduct business for us when we don't even understand how to spell business. So that's my point in saying we have to become more mature and more savvy in life. Okay, well, let's go a little further. I mean, we look at Tadis Young. You look at um, Justin Blackman. you know, he got GI, but Let's look at all these players that you're saying they should know this like in college you know, as long as you can say okay, yeah, they should know it, you know, for as long as you can play, they're gonna um they're gonna they're gonna let you play. But is it funny that after these players do these crazy things, you know, we first we're using the head injuries, you know, all the players they are going crazy on head injuries. they doing all this. But now it's because, you know, this player got problems. I mean, you look at so many players that after they do something crazy and they keep doing it, though well, you know, he need help, you know, rehab. Our society is looking at, like, hey, go play for me, win game. After you're gone, now I'm going to talk about you. Am I right, love? Well, remember, we had the conversation. We live in a society where they built you up to tear you down. That's what society is about. They want to make you a superstar today and make you a villain tomorrow. So if I can build you up and then I can tear you down tomorrow, it lets people know why did we really do that? He wasn't ready to become the person that we thought he was. You know, prime example, they love Tiger like no other. And they got mad at Tiger because he liked to have sexual relations with women. The man is in his 20s. What 20-year-old man don't want to have sex with a woman? Now, would it have been bad if, if they were boys? or if It's not boys, but if he was having a homosexual relationship with, with the same punishment happened to him. You know, we can't answer that question, but it didn't. But he's a 27 year old man. Okay. Yeah, he was married, but his wife knew what he was marrying, but he's being castrated because he's a 27 year old man with a whole lot of money, having relations with multiple women. But if, right. if you ask me, his wife didn't mind. She minds when people found out because now it was embarrassing to her, but until he was caught, I bet she knew about it and didn't say anything because of the lifestyle he had gave her. Now, when that changed, that lifestyle changed, now they want to email all your friends and tell them what you're doing. Right, now because others know now you want to play victim. Oh, you know, feel sorry for me. Yeah. How can I feel sorry for you? Your husband's worth a billion dollars. What what? What? You was a nanny before you met him. And I don't want and I don't want to go there because that's not what we're talking about. Oh, I'm just yeah. saying young men at some point have to become men and it seems like these guys keep saying, "Hey, you know what? My bad. I made a mistake. You know what? My bad. I made a mistake." If somebody before me do something you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm a, Like I said, I, I drive drunk. At shit, damn near every Friday night, 'cause I'ma go out, and smoke me a cigar or two, and have a couple of drinks. But I also know common sense that I'ma stop at two or three. So am I really drunk? No, I'm a big dude, but I'm not gonna get filthy drunk where I'm gonna be stumber, you know, stumbling out the club, and all that. If it gets to that point, I'ma pick up me a big old fat chick and let her drive me home. Yeah. <laughs> And it's easier said than done, Well, I mean, you can look at it and say, how many times, you know, you go to the club and, and the guys like, you know, you, you, everybody know who you are. You're VIP, you know, and you spend the money, everybody around you drinking and you having a good time. It's easy to say, okay, you know, uh, I'm gonna drive home or get a cab. or well, it's, it's easier said than done. A normal person doesn't really do it, well. But so how you expect a person that got money to do it, you know, just don't really do it. I mean, People with with jobs. I mean, I seen on TV where you have doctors and big-time politicians. People getting pulled off for DUI. They think I only had two drinks or three, you know. You're, you're, you're saying athletes. That's what I'm trying to say. You're saying they're making no mistake, so you know. Hey, I, like I said, I understand. And I was joking about the a big fat chick driving me home. And that was a joke. But I understand. I totally understand what you're saying. Do politicians have they got DUIs and got drunk? Of course. Have they got have actors got drunk and, and got DUIs? Of course. Have have normal people in normal society worked in normal jobs? Do they do they get DUIs on a daily? Of course. All those people do. But for some reason, when athletes do it, it's more magnetized. It's more you know magnified. It's more we'll see it in the news every day because it sells paper because they're trying to make a point to the American people. Look these people are not no better than you or they're no different. They just make more money. So why are you guys looking up or your kids looking up to these individuals when they're normal, they put on their pants just like you do? I'm just saying there has to be a sense of responsibility for the individual, for the family name, for the organization, for all the above. But it starts with the individual and, and, and the mental state and the family environment. You know what? We gotta take a break, but we're gonna come back. We're we gonna talk about this all day. But you went out to a San Francisco and the Rams game. Did you see people taking um, responsibility? That's yes another Uh You know what's funny? When I went out to the Rams 49ers game, and and we had I had a car picking up at the airport and all that old stuff. But you know what's funny? The Rams players take calves and stuff to the uh, bars. When we went to the when we went to the little bar after the game. The Rams were ponying up in cabs like three or four players per cab coming to the bar to drink. Now, there were players that drove their own cars, but it amazed me that a majority of the players were in cabs. But you also got to look at that St. Louis. How small is that city? We're not talking about New York or or a large city, Atlanta, or or L.A. or Oakland. We're not talking about major metropolitan. We're talking about a small city like St. Louis. So a, a cab ride could be from you know, less than a mile radius or two mile radius, something like that. Five, ten bucks. Well, let's do it. We're going to take a break. When we come back from break, we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, the, besides the DUI rest, what else was on it. And like, do all these players have these mental problems? Uh, um, then we're going to shoot on to, uh, Pete should be calling in about the NBA. So this is James Lovin and Eric Glue. Uh, we'll be right back.
0: internet flagship station for sports voice america sports looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping want to play the ponies join us every week for winning ponies with john Engelhart, racing's regular guy where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys trainers agents and handicappers in the world of horse racing this show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies Handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Engelhart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.
1: Tune in to a show about making a comeback
2: I, I'm here with you, big, uh, big James. Hey, you know, Glove. I just gotta, I gotta say this. I know me and you talk about it a lot, but I just wanna say we have to, Glove. Thank P for coming on the show because you know just to have a perspective of the show as a woman point, and not only that, she knows sports, but the time she takes to come on, Glove. We gotta thank her, right, Glove? Hey, I love, I love the fact when P come on because now we got that that third person. By her being a woman, it makes it more beautiful because we get the woman perspective. But any time somebody come on and put their foot in James Lovin's butt, I love it even more. So thank you, P. <laughs> well, listen, we got P on the line, you know, P.
3: Yeah, I'm here.
2: You know what, P? I'm not gonna start it off. You go ahead and start this segment
3: off. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. All I know is a week ago when I called in, my heat. We're down zero to one. They had lost game one. Didn't look that good at all. And I think me and Glove both we just predicted you were going to see a different Heat team that game two. And surprisingly, you know, hey, we won the next three. So I'm I'm feeling good out here in California. I'm happy. (laughs) Heat are up three to one.
2: Hey, you know what? That was spoken so eloquently by Pete that you know what, there's nothing else that needs to be said. I'm gonna leave it at that. Thanks, Pete. <laughs> you know what's funny about that, because I gotta take this and I'm gonna take it. Because I had to deal with love. He talked about Nate, Nate Robinson they gotta do. So I had to take that too. But it's it's kinda funny that, you know, and we going to get this that when LeBron lost to the Bull they had that twenty seven you know, game streak and, you know, all they fouls, they, they rough followed me hard on you know? He cries when, you know, but, hey, then when they win it, it's all good. That's all I'm saying, though, you know. We'll see when they play Indiana how they get beat up. And is he going to – you guys agree with that?
3: Oh, yeah. I mean, I've been saying all along the – I mean, Indiana, first of all, I thought were going to kind of be tough for them just because of the size thing. But the next team that gives them a fit, and even during regular season, has been Indiana. So that's going to be – Another tough series for them, but I still think I still don't think there's any team, and I'm going to go on record again, in a seven-game series, West or East, who can beat the Heat four out of the seven. I don't see it happening. They can they can beat them three times. I don't see the Heat losing four games in a seven-game series. Glove,
2: well, go ahead. Pete, with you that, know what you know what I you know what I find interesting, Pete, that he's already conceding he's already conceding a loss. <laughs> that Chicago's gonna lose. He he sounded to me like Mitt Romney sounded during the election. He's conceding <laughs> and they haven't even played the game yet. But but we gonna we gonna stay on we're gonna stay on par for the course. You know what? I totally agree with you P when it comes down to the seven uh, seven game series with with what with what Miami has is hard. And and the hard the the factor is once Bosh if Bosch hits those outside jump shots that clears the mm-hmm. middle for Dwayne Wade and LeBron to, to work their magic in the middle. And that's what was missing in the first game when they played against Chicago was Bosh didn't do his part, so it made it harder for him to maneuver, you know, in the middle of the floor because, yes, you know, Chicago is physical. Is Indiana going to be physical? Yeah, but guess what? They're fighting on that side. You might think they're up and, and doing it easy, but they're fighting. Them three-pointers mm-hmm. have to keep coming with with Indiana. They have to keep making them three-pointers, and that's what's wrong with New York right now is they can't make them three-pointers. So that's why they're losing that series. Hey, I want to say two things and one comment to glove. First okay. thing is uh, I I have, you know, the, the they just outmatched a lot of injuries. They just outmatched. I'm not going to lie about that. After that game, they beat them by 30-something, and you posted on Facebook, P., I already knew, so, you know, I'm going to go with that. Second thing is, is uh, I think Glove talked about it. Chicago's going to beat them up to where when they play Indiana, they're going to beat them up more. I think we talked about that, Glove, and I think yes. that's what's going to happen, you know. When Chicago wearing them down, and then when Indiana I play, they're going to wear them down more. Indiana's more physical than Chicago. So. And then the third thing with what Glove says, you know, Pete, i I've never conceived. None of nothing, but it's just it on here. You know, off the record. Tell Glove, you know, whatever. Go ahead.
3: <laughs> Glove, what you gotta say to that?
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know what you know what P he can say what he wants to, but when I seen when I seen that Chicago Bulls locker room and when I seen fans leaving in the third quarter and and, and they spoke to Nate Robinson who didn't hit him who couldn't make a shot the other night? He couldn't find his way close to the basket. And I'll, I'll tell you this right here the game is a game. But when they get to that five minute point in the fourth quarter, and you could be up 15 points in the NBA, if you can't score points from that five minute to the two minute mark in the fourth quarter, a team will come back. And that's when Miami explodes at that five minute That five minute mark, they explode where other teams may go one basket. Miami will go three or four three-pointers at that point, so that's what separates them from the other teams. What do you think,
3: Yeah, I mean, I I agree with Love, too. It seems like first half, and they've kind of done this even on that, that win streak they had going where first half Miami kind of comes out and they'll stay right there with you, and they're not really executing all that well. And But second half, for some reason, third quarter starts, It always seems like their defense steps it up just a little bit higher. You see a lot more turnovers from the other team. And I'm not sure if they save themselves and say, okay, second half, we're going to come out and play a lot harder. But you can see something goes on with them when second half gets started. And that's why, I mean, Indiana, they are going to be physical with them. And even if it has to go seven, I think you know that streak helped Miami to build up this This is fighting them, even when they're down, when we thought the Cavaliers was going to stop it. You know, when we thought all these other teams, Milwaukee had been beating them. I think that win streak helped them, no matter what they get down, they have this fight in them. They'll step it up defensively, and I just don't see them losing a seven-game series. I don't see it. That's me. I just don't see
2: it. Before we move on to the other teams, I got to message you, Pete. Hey, Glove, do Pete know that uh, Shaq don't pay for Miami no more? Yeah, you know, she made that Shaq comment but 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 it's all good, P we not looking. Like I said, P we're not gonna let James, you know, change your mindset with Miami. We we know you're a Miami fan regardless of Shaq being there or him not being there. Tell him that Shaq live in Miami. You know, that's where he live at, that's all that matters. <laughs> hey Glove. Glove, we talked about this. Shaq not with Miami no more, so why P you know what I'm saying? Right, Glove? Shaq still has a home in Miami, though. So oh, okay, Miami. well, you got to say home. that, Phil. You got to <laughs> say Shaq got a home. <laughs> well, hey, Pete, we got yeah. to give you a little more credit. You call that Golden State Warriors-San Antonio game. What is it about that series, Pete?
3: Oh, man, you know, I think when they lost, when they, they should have won game one. And I think that's one of those things, they're going to look back because they're, they're young, They you know, they have a lot of rookies, they had a chance to beat San Antonio game one in San Antonio, they could have been up three to one, and the whole series would have changed. And to me, that was the game that they – even though they came back and won game two and is now fourth to game six, that game one, that collapse they had in those last four minutes, the Warriors should have beat them that game one. And that. that I think the Spurs are going to win, but they're going to look back and, and be like, we shouldn't have let ourselves let that, that lead go in the fourth quarter of that first game.
2: Glover, well, and I think you said that too. The young—is that what you were saying, Glove? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. What well, if you if you if you go back to that first game, like Pete just said, if you look back at the first game, the inexperience and the youth show toward the end of the game. Here it is, you're up by a point. You call a timeout. You know, Mark Mark, as a young coach, you don't double the you don't put a man on the ball. You double double tony parker because he's having a heck of a game you have to put somebody on ginobili why would you double tony put a man on the ball and cover everybody but ginobili regardless if he haven't hit a three-pointer he can still hit one and that was the dagger right there his three-pointer gave him the victory so you look back as a young coach and as a young team and you learn from it and grow and, and, and that's
3: the key
2: go ahead i i'm sorry
3: yeah, I was gonna say because with Klay Thompson, he has that great game two. And, I mean, being a you know, I'm up here. I see all the Warriors games. That's kind of been his his signature all season. He can turn around one game for you, maybe give them 25, 12 rebounds. The next three or four games, Klay Thompson will only have like four or six points. And so everybody was get you know so high and mighty with him after game two, and I love the fact that he had. Scored 25 and went for double-double, but I knew then I was like, okay, but can Clay Thompson do it in game three? Can he do it in game four? And we're seeing that. And he's played that way all year. So I think the Spurs, I give them credit because they've made better adjustments. You know, after you keep playing the same team, because that last game, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, I think together only had 10 points. And, you know, Parker in the interview right after the game said, they were focusing on Curry and Thompson and making sure Curry didn't start getting off. And so they made the adjustments that they needed to. So that's Popovich. That's his coaching. You know, you have a team that's experienced. And I think that's just showing the farther the series goes on, the players and, you know, the more, the more experienced.
2: Let me ask you guys this quick before we take a break. Do you really think experience has a part in this, you know, when it comes to these games? I mean, do you think teams are really – like you say San Antonio beat in the first game it was really them being in the playoffs besides Golden State not being Do that really how big factor or was just saying that hey they just outplayed them? I say experience plays the big part. Go ahead, Pete. Go ahead,
3: Pete. Yeah I, was, yeah, I was gonna say um with the Spurs, like we said, we know the type of coach that Popovich is, and those three: Ginobili, Parker, and Duncan. First of all. Those three have played together and been on that team together for so many years. They're going to have an edge over a bunch of rookies who this is their first time making it to the playoffs. So they also they outplayed them. But I also think this is also showing the experience does contribute because you know you've got the Warriors. They're so young. The turnovers and I don't know if it's nerves or what's going on, but you can just see it's like they just they're not used to this. And as the games go on, you're,
2: you're just seeing it. So I think experience does have a factor in it. Well, I, I, I told, no, I totally agree. When you have a, a a a threesome, you know, when you have three amigos that's been playing together for the number of years you had that they've been playing together, then you have a coach, you know, like Popovich, that's an X and O's guy. Think about it. You implement two young guys with legs and energy with uh I think it's Green and Kawhi Leonard and, and they do the little intangible things that you know you need them to do, that's what makes for a good recipe, then you can come six with Ginobili off the bench or you can come off the bench with a couple of guys that just step in and do their part. That's what make them that, that, that class organization from from, you know, organization standpoint to coaching standpoint to personnel. You know, you never hear anything negative, you know, or any bickering back and forth or anything coming out of San Antonio, but positive being it on the basketball court, you know, and things like that. So you can respect the fact of them being a more, you know, experienced team, mm-hmm. you know, and you see why they win. Well, we're going to take a break. We'll come back from a break. We're going to get um, you guys' opinion on OKC and um, Memphis because that's a series that everybody really looking at. And then, well, we got on me, you know. P run the show today. She got up and hand on him. So, but you got to realize, well, I think he really said it. Shaq lives there, so that's what it is. Okay.
1: Your internet flagship station for sports
0: has sports.
1: Your Internet Flagship Station for Sports, Voice
0: America Sports.
1: Your Internet Flagship Station for Sports,
0: Voice America Sports.
2: I'm here, James. And always hoping with a state from Cali, San Francisco. P, you there, P, Paula?
3: Yep, I'm still here.
2: P, go ahead and start this one now with OK in um, Memphis. Go ahead. You got This has
3: been, time. this series, I love watching their games because every game has not only gone to the fourth quarter, but within the last two minutes, all these games have been decided. So as a basketball fan, I have loved watching this series because you don't know, it don't matter who's leading up to three quarters. A fourth quarter, when it's down to around three-minute mark, it's just like nuts and bolts. Who's executing better? Who's getting the rebounds? Who's getting, you know, the free ball? And so this has been a fun series for me watching. But I think OKC, I mean, we knew it once Russberg went down. You know, he injured himself, went out. They were going to have a problem, no matter who they were facing after that. Um, and Memphis – I think if James Harden was still an OKC, the results might be a little different. But Kevin Martin doesn't equal a James Harden. So Durant is really carrying this whole thing on his shoulders. But, I mean, Memphis, I think, is going to win this one.
2: Well, oh, I agree. I, I totally agree. Kevin Durant, for as good as he is, he's not getting any help from his role players. So it's making him work harder. You know, the good thing is, is that they are still in the game, like she said, going into the fourth quarter but then that's when the bigs in Memphis take over being Zeebo, Randolph and Gasol. And and I just love the fact that you got two big men, close to seven foot or over seven foot, that are playing with their back to the basket. If if the Lakers had somebody like that, they might, you know, still be doing something, but that's here nor there. But you gotta love what Lionel Hollins is doing down there in Memphis. They're the dark horse and I would love to see them represent, you know, going to the finals. I would love it. And I think Pete said a key thing, Eric, that he said uh, Jay Carden not being there, that kind of hurt them. Do you think, I mean, everybody kept saying, you know, back in the days, well, last year that Westbrook was hurt them. Let's take shop away from Durant. They want to trade Westbrook. Now do you think these guys, they really need Westbrook guys? Go so ahead. Well, he for me, I think, I think, I think, I think, I uh, think, if if Westbrook was there, it would give them that one-two punch, you know, where Westbrook would slash and then Durant could hit that jump shot. But they have nobody that could fill the lane with the quickness and agility of a Westbrook, so it makes it more dependent on Durant creating for himself. There's nobody to create for. Him. But wasn't Westbrook taking uh, shots away from Durant? Gula? Well, I mean, yes and no. Yes, when when you got to remember when Harden was there, Harden was a sixth man; he wasn't a starter. So Westbrook, yes, he was taking shots, but that's what made Durant's game better because Westbrook would pull him in. Durant would fire from long range. Now there's nobody pulling him in, so Durant had to play long range game as well as post up and short range.
3: Yeah, I think yeah, I think for Durant too because he's he has to do so much offensively and on the other end defensively. I think there's been a couple games fourth quarter he's only make he's only made like through all these games a couple of baskets in fourth quarters, and I think he's just wearing down because he's doing so much on both ends. There's no one else really helping him. I mean, you're looking at Perkins, and I don't know what Perkins' bill is. Like he was much more effective when he was with Boston. I mean, in some games, he has zero points. I'm like, how do you not even have a tip in? You're, de- you're the big man down there. Like, you don't even get one basket. Per- yeah, so Perkins isn't really contributing. The last game, Ibaka finally stepped up offensively and had, I think, almost 20. But other than that, Durant, you know, he, he just has to do too much. So I think he's just wearing down. Do
2: you think this is now that going to change though? Kevin Kevin Durant, like how you feel about who you need to bring in and uh, having Westbrook as his teammate, you know, because they want to get rid of Westbrook. Everybody know that because they said, you know, Kevin Durant wanted to get a shot. Westbrook was messing up the team. Is this going to change for them next year? I don't think so. I think, I think what, what's going on with this series right now with the way it's, you know, headed, I think this betters Westbrook's point, you know, or it keeps Westbrook in OKC. Because now they know. I mean, think about it. They're not getting blown out. It's just they need someone else to score and nobody's stepping up. It's not like they're, you know, getting blown by 10 or 20. The, the first game, and there's games where they're in the game, and Durant misses critical shots at the end because his legs aren't underneath him. He's had to play both ends for the whole game. So he's tired. So I just think that better than and they're going to know that they're going to have to bring in another player. Hey.
3: Yeah, because I mean he's even missing both free throws, which is very like not like him. I think that last game he even missed in fourth quarter like both free throws, like it was at the end of the game. And Durant, I mean he never does that. And so I think yeah I agree with Glove. I think Westbrook will come back and they'll see they're still missing that that other point, you know that other player that can play with Durant. So I think you know when Westbrook's back and he's healthy, they'll be fine. OKC will be right back up there in the top in the West. But they've got to do, you know, Perkins. I don't know what they're gonna do with him. Um, Kevin Martin, he's okay, you know. And Derek Fisher, we know how long he's been around, and he can still give you some threes. But they're still missing like that that third key person, I think, to go with the Westbrook for them for them to win a championship. I think they still need to build,
2: do a little building. Well, we can't walk away today without talking about they they were who they thought we were. Isn't that what Dennis Green said when uh aired all off to the bad as well? Yeah. We like, knew they were bad. sorry. I'm talking about the New York Knicks. We knew who they were. They are sorry. Am I <laughs> <all> right, guys? <laughs> they
3: are. You know what? That's the, that's the one series going on right now Which like I'll be watching it, but I'll have my iPad out in front of me or something because that's a boring <laughs> series right now. <laughs> sorry, sorry to all the Knicks fans, but they are doing nothing.
2: Well, it's the, it's the, it's the, it's the geriatrics. You gotta think Carmelo, J.R. Smith, and Kenyon Martin was in New York. Hope was there, and then when they got in the playoffs, it faded. For as good as Carmelo is, you know, him scoring his 20 points. Yeah, he's scoring 20 points, but he's shooting 10 for 40. Or, or 15, or, or 7, going to the free throw line for 30. But yeah, he's scoring his 20 points. But it's not helping the team. We don't know what happened to J.R. Smith. He just—he just—he's M.I.A. He was what, one for thirteen in the first half last night. You know, Amari Stoudemire crying and complaining to come back. You know, Amari Stoudemire get—he gets a technical and a foul checking in. You know, he's not even on the court, and he gets a foul and a technical checking in. So, so it's just a bad situation. Woodson won't bring none of the young guys off the bench. J.R. J.R. I mean, kid, Jason Kidd. He ain't scored a point in seven games, so at one point he make
3: the changes. Yep. Jason, wait, Jason King can, can't help it. You know, some old legs. He, <laughs> 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 that that series right there, it has been boring since game one. I'm sorry. <laughs> I
2: know
3: there's hey, Knicks it. fans. I know there's Pacers fans. That series right there is just, I mean, put, it'll put you to sleep.
2: Hey, I think, I think J.R. Smith should pull a plexico and shoot himself in the leg, and it'll make it more interesting. <laughs> but but it's funny, because J.R. done that when he was Denver, remember? Yeah. Always, you know. Go ahead. He's a street shooter. He's a, he's a street shooter. He's never consistent. He's streaky. But I I said to you, what should happen is something needs to happen. Carmelo needs to get into it with somebody. Somebody mm-hmm. needs to shoot themselves. Do something. Just to make it interesting, because that, like P said, and you guys said, it's boring. You hate to see it.
3: Yeah, it's just, you know, it, it it really is. It's just like we that game. There's just there's no excitement at all. I mean, I, I just hate when that game comes on. I'm just like, when's the next game? I'm just not. <laughs> yeah, I'm all be ready for that series.
2: Oh. Well, guys, we only got a couple of minutes, but hey, I can't wait, to go out and, um you know, I can't wait. I know Miami's going to run through Chicago, but I can't wait <laughs> for mommy when win that, you know, so I can get back on P. I'm be up at like 12-9 on Facebook. P, please call me. Right, Glo? Hey, you got to do what you got to do, man.
3: Hey, you know if, I mean? if, I, if I call in when we're we're down 0-1 in the Chicago series, I'm going to call even, even if Indiana beats them a game or two because I'm not losing – Faith and my team. We will be raising another banner. Okay, so I'll be
2: calling win or lose. Well, this is Jay Love with another show. One thing, Pete follow for calling in. with the year next week? We can get in, and always Eric Love. Thank you guys again. Have a Thanks, good one.
3: Good talking with you. Okay. P. Go Heat. <laughs> there you go. <laughs>